podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Nix, with a beautiful voice this time. I'm sorry, guys. I have a sinus infection, but I'm sitting down tonight with Severed Angel. Um, three of the four members? Five members. Five members. Oh, yeah. five members. Yeah. So missing two members tonight, but I am with. Please introduce yourself, guys. Well, I'm the drummer. My name is Wayne Noon. Uh, you too. <laughs> I'm Lou Mavs, and I'm the guitarist. And I'm Alex, uh, vocalist. Alex is a vocalist, but Alex is a bit quiet pre-game. So. <laughs> <laughs> he is the quietest one of the whole bunch, but you know what? He, he is the one that is the driving force of Severed Angel. He, he mixes and produces, and, and he puts the songs together. So without Alex, this band would not exist. He says the driving force that engines rev up when you mention his name, just like we just heard. Yes. <laughs> How was music introduced to you guys? Go ahead, Alex. I'll let you answer that since you've been so quiet. Uh, how was music introduced to me? Well, uh, I wasn't really like into music so much um, when I was young. Uh, I just heard whatever was on the radio or whatever my parents played. I didn't have my own taste. Um, when I was around 14, I started watching MTV and just whatever was on there. But when I was 15 is when I heard Led Zeppelin, not for the first time, but it was sort of like the first time I heard them. And um, I knew in that day that I needed to become a musician. Mm. Um, and that kind of set me off on my path from there. So, very cool. Uh, for me, I was probably right around maybe seven or eight years old, probably even younger than that. Uh, a motorcycle, <laughs> I want a motorcycle now. Uh, my grandfather, my parents really, I mean, they listened to music, but they weren't really my influence on music, it was my grandfather pretty much because I would come over. You know, to visit my grandparents and my grandfather would have tons of records and he, they, my grandmother would always have the radio on. So it was always music going on over here. And my grandfather pushed me to uh, get into music. So he was always playing the Beatles and um, uh, a band I don't like, uh, the Bee Gees. He was always playing the Bee Gees and um, uh, like Cheap Cheap Trick and just like ACDC and all, all that you know, stuff. And he had he had eight tracks too, so we were always listening to eight tracks, and so that's how I I got into music. And then he taught me how to. Not told me how, but he he pushed me into you know wanting to play an instrument. So my grandfather's where I got my musical thing from. I grew up in a very Greek household, so my parents were always playing Greek music. But then I discovered my uh, older brother's cassette collection, so I discovered the great ones: Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Van Halen. Um, so. And, and Def Leppard. So those were probably like the fa- the five biggest bands in my formative years. But uh, I would have to say my biggest musical inspiration was my late brother, because uh, I remember seeing him with a bass guitar uh, for the first time ever as a kid. And it made me think to myself, wow, he can do it. I want to do it. So I give all the credit to him. So there's a lot of music in the family already. Uh, well, it, it skipped a couple people in our in my generation but um you know i'm i'm you know some were interested in sports others were interested in art uh me it was just learning as many instruments as i could so how many instruments do you know 
Uh, well, I, I still know the uh, fingering basics of the trumpet and baritone horn, but I, I haven't played those in years. I'm, I, I, I'd get so gassed up trying to even attempt to play those right now. But um, I do most of my writing on guitar. I could still play bass and, you know, I do dabble with the keyboards, too. And I just learned uh, as a gag, I kind of just taught myself harmonica. <laughs> yeah, the, the, pro, the, prop, the proper breathing techniques, because uh, I want to replace John Popper and Blues Traveler. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's, that's really cool, though. So we can look forward to a harmonica solo in a Seven Angel song. Don't tempt me, Wayne. <laughs> hey, Halloween put a flute solo in one of their songs, so, you know, we've been given for that. We love Halloween. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? It brings an, a new aspect to music. It brings, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's doesn't always have to be the same instruments. Even if you're metal, like even if you're rock, you bring one of those. Uh, I mean, I had an interview with a French rock band from France, and there's one guy in Canada now uh, called Soleil Noir, mm. and they play rock, and he plays didgeridoo. Really? All right. So check it out if you have time. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. I mean, people are I, getting inventive out there with the you know trying to add things into metal music. It's cool, you know. I'm tired of hearing all the same stuff over and over again. So it's cool to see something new out there. Exactly. I thought it was cool to see someone use a hurdy gurdy in metal. That was pretty cool. What? A hurdy gurdy. It's like a it's it, it's something you would mostly see at like a Renaissance festival. Okay. Like I'm actually seeing it used in like metal videos now, so I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and we gotta bring something new. We gotta. It can't always sound the same, you know. Yeah. Um, how'd you guys learn to play? Uh, I learned to play. Actually, I don't know if uh, if anybody remembers the hit sticks, like back in the early '80s. I had out, a pair. <laughs> it came that little that little box, and you can hear the you know the, the drumsticks sound like drums, but it sounded like crap. So uh, I used to take the hit sticks, and I would pretend my bed was my drum set. Okay. So that's how I, I learned how to play there, and I would just I would listen to music, and I would just play along to it. And eventually, I got a real drum set, and I took drum lessons in school, but um, they were teaching me like the slow stuff and to play with an orchestra. I was like, I know I want to play rock. I don't want to play this stuff. So I did a couple don't have the coordination for drums at my left brain and my it doesn't work my kids <laughs> my kids learning drums right now and i'm like good on you because i'm doesn't work no nope, <laughs> it's something to really get used to doing it's not it's not easy at first but once you get the hang of it and when you watch like uh, people play music videos you kind of see what they're doing with their hands so i kind of got to learn it that way too so I wish I would have got more involved with taking lessons with drum lessons, but you know what? I I'm I think I'm doing okay without them. So, <laughs> Alex. Oh me. Okay. Um, most of my music, like history or whatever, is as an instrumentalist. Um, started on guitar for a year, then I switched over to bass. Played bass as my main thing for over a decade. Um, it's only really in the last little over a year that I started singing lead vocals. Um, <laughs> I'm actually the kind of a newbie. And um, yeah, it's been interesting because um, while I have like all the musical training, I, you know, I went to college for it and everything. And, you know, I 
toured and whatnot as an instrumentalist. Like, I feel like I kind of almost have to start from scratch now because, you know, while I have the ear, um, I didn't really know the technique. I was just kind of doing my best. But, um, yeah, I put out one song with me singing just kind of for fun. And Wayne and Lou reached out to me, uh, seeing if I was interested in doing some original music and turned into what we're doing now. And so I actually, like, play my instruments a whole lot less now and I'm practicing singing every day and whatnot. So it's, it's been fun. It's a lot of work. It's the, the condition yeah. vocally to, to do for your voice to do what you want to do is a lot of work. Yeah. I've been working for a long time on my voice and I'm still not satisfied to where it is right now. Well, especially not today. Like it's well, <laughs> so really bad today, but you know, um, I've been watching videos, uh, especially lately, um, uh, I got hit by the in this moment scream vocals that Maria Brinks brings. And I was like, okay, I, I want to learn, you know, but I don't want to hurt myself. So I've been watching mm-hmm. videos. I found Melissa Cross. Yeah. And I'm in. Um, I, was, I was talking with uh, Mindy from Dying Oath last Friday, and she's told me she's taken vocal uh, lessons from Melissa Cross. Mm. And, you know, it did help her a lot. And so. We there's so much we can do ourselves to learn, but sometimes it's good to turn to uh, people that have experience. Yeah. Especially um, if you're gonna try to try vocals and you're gonna just so you you know don't damage those vocal cords and yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, my musical training started um, when I was about 12. Um, I told my uh, my parents that I wanted to learn how to play guitar because, you know, I was a big fan of Tony Iommi, Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, and Steve Clark of Def Leppard and Richie Blackmore. So my father was the kind of guy where it's like he always said that if you wanted something, you had to prove it or you had to earn it. So he said, if you want to learn guitar, you got to learn a different instrument first. So I picked trumpet. I don't know why I picked trumpet. I wish I had picked saxophone instead, but I picked trumpet and, you know, was at it for six months. And around Christmas of 92, he got me my first acoustic and I was able to apply reading music from trumpet and transferring it over to guitar. So I just had this little Mel Bay book that I was studying from. Um, But then I, started to be able to use Suzuki method where I was playing by ear. Like all of a sudden, like I hear something on the radio and I'd be able to play it. And all of a sudden everybody wanted me to be in their band, but I was just like, nah, dude, you kind of suck. I don't want to play with you. You know, it, it was, you know, you're, I was at the time when I was a teenager, I was dealing with kids who all they knew how to play was the entire Nirvana Nevermind album. And, you know, I mean, great album, but it's like, I was always looking for something more challenging. So, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, you know, I've been playing for most of my life, but I'm still learning. Like I'll still talk to guitar player friends of mine and, you know, pick their brains. I mean, I, I think I'm a better guitar player now because I'm in Severed Angel and because I'm always trading ideas back and forth with Alex in particular. And, you know, he pushes me to want to be a better guitar player. So, you know, um, it's a, a very good uh, situation where there's a lot of positive reinforcement for everyone to write at their best and play at their best. 
That's good. But that's it's nice to see when a band can help each other grow. You have to help each other grow. You can't. It's like a family away from your family, right? I mm. always use the example of you guys go on tour. I mean, those are the bases you're going to see for the next, like, what, eight months for 24 hours a day for seven days a week. Like, can you handle it? You know? If I had to look at Lou, no. <laughs> if I had to look at me, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, about an hour and I have to, I have to get out. <laughs> yeah, just get yeah. out for five minutes. Just put me in the back of your head. <laughs> you need to call the ref in. All right, break it up, break it up. <laughs> hey, we're this big. Where does bag over your head? Please. Oh, <laughs> please make sure there's no holes in it so I can't look at you, Wayne. <laughs> at least be one hole. That's uh, it. So. <laughs> Ask for all the guys. Just let them put masks on. That's it. <laughs> Nacho Libre, all you guys on stage. <laughs> What's the story behind the band name? I'll let uh, Lou answer that one. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do my best not to make this long-winded. So at the time when the band was forming, um, I was going through a uh, – I was going going through a a change in my life where I was uh, just overcoming the death of my mother. And at the time, I really wasn't into the idea of being in a band, but Wayne was very persistent and said, no, you're the guy that I want. And, you know, I said, well, I don't have anything really written. Uh, Here's the last thing that I wrote. And it was Dogs of War. And I wrote that 12 years before the band was even formed. I wrote it for my wife's cousin, who at the time was an MMA fighter. Now he's an army ranger. And Wayne said, oh, we could definitely do something with this. So I noticed that, you know, the, the songs were kind of like writing themselves as we went along. But I, I remember one of the things I asked them from the beginning was I didn't want to get political or religious because I just feel like, especially at the time, you know, in the United States, everyone was so divided and to an extent still is. So, you know, again, my brain going into overdrive, I think, well, what's a good synonym for polarizing viewpoint? And then all of a sudden I put it in, it said severed angle. So I wrote to the guys, I don't know why, but severed angle uh, came into my head. And then Alex replied to me, but somehow autocorrect turned angle into angel. And I said, severed angel. And then all of a sudden I thought, Wow, you know what? Kind of ironic that that happened, but the idea that came in my head was, you know, uh, and again, to emphasize, not a religious group. All five of us are uh, different beliefs and, you know, we're totally cool with that. But the whole severed angel thing, I was thinking of, okay, severed, you know, someone who's been beaten, broken, scarred, and angel in the idea of many philosophies, religions, and ideologies is supposed to be like a guardian, a protector. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, hmm, a battered guardian protector. I kind of like that. And then all of a sudden, somehow everybody else was on board and we said, okay, we're severed angel. And that's how it happened. A, a, a series of, of fortunate <laughs> accidents. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easier to, to market or, or like do T-shirts and stuff like that of a severed angel than of a severed angle. 
Yeah. See, how many ideas? I, I couldn't think of uh, angle. Could have had yeah. an angle and like break it. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. But how many? I, but severed I angels. <laughs> Remember the rules of being in a band. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Anything, anything. <laughs> podcast merchandising. You got to have yeah. something that, you know. Like anger overdose merchandising, like you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> had to plug them in somewhere. <laughs> um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. <clears throat> no, but I like the severed angel story, and I, I think it works well with like you were saying, the passing of your mom, also. Like, you know, it just when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like, uh, I'm glad that Wayne was pushy. And that he didn't just let you not want to be in the band. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very grateful to it uh, to him because uh, through co-writing the songs with the guys, I was able to work through it. So it kept me focused. It kept me motivated. And I'm incredibly proud of the way the album sounds. Well, then let's give them a taste.
And we're back with Severed Angel. I have Wayne, Alex, and Lou. Hi. <laughs> we just listened to A Fate Worse Than Death. That was a good song, by the Love way. It. Yeah, who wrote it? No. <laughs> I don't know. I heard he's not here. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> well, he just wrote the lyrics. We, we wrote the music. There you <laughs> I, actually, I forget who actually, who did come up with the, the beginning of that, that song? Like, uh, that was Lou. Or, that one's Lou. Yeah, yeah I was... Uh, when I get into my uh, creative space, I always try to think of what influenced me and somehow make it sound like something I would do. So I I was <laughs> – Wayne's actually going to be shocked by this, but I was actually influenced by um, the band Halloween to write that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they have the opening track on their album, Better Than Raw, which is uh, – that's Push, right, Wayne? Yeah. No. Um, uh, uh, no, I don't know. I can't remember right off the top. Of my I think mind. it is Bush. All right. Yes, it is. All right. I'm yes. sorry. So, yes, yes. I, you know, I, I was I was really influenced by the way that song started out with like a, a driving like, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And, you know, one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, bands as a kid was Alcatraz, which was Ingve Malmsteen's first well, it was technically wasn't his first band. I mean, you know, he did Steeler before Alcatraz, but that album that he did with him, No Parole for Rock and Roll, I was really influenced by that too. So I kind of thought, well, you know, what what would happen if I kind of combined something that they would do, and then all of a sudden it just came this song that the music kind of just wrote itself. And this was right after we finished record writing and recording the first album. I'm like, where the hell is this inspiration coming from? And like, you know, we just said, all right, this song is so good. We got to release it as like our first original single. So that's pretty much how it went down with the music. So, yeah, it's, it's I think it's funny, too, because uh, like you said, it came after we wrote the album. This That song kind of shows where maybe the next album is going to kind of lean towards like musically, like a little bit darker, kind of heavier type thing. So. It's kind of weird how we, you know, released that song first, but it, it was a really cool song to release, you know, right then and there. So, and, and, some gyms in Connecticut are actually playing it. So, th- thank you to really? uh, the gyms of Waterbury, Connecticut, for uh, having it in your playlist. Very cool. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's good to release a single once in a while. It's fun to release albums, but singles are fun too. Like. Yeah. Especially when your fans are waiting, you know, people are waiting for your music and you just drop a single in between two albums. It's like, yay, you know, I got something. Like yeah. in this moment, just did that, what, three weeks ago with, I think it's John Wick 4. Uh, okay. They dropped the single for the for the movie and I'm like, I found it today and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it gets people excited. Mm. That, that was one thing that we weren't sure what to do when we started the band because we were maybe going to just release singles. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we wrote a couple songs and then I'm like, let's just do an album, you know. And then once we finished the album, then we're like, well, maybe we should shop it around to a record label first. And then in the meantime, we'll record singles, which is how uh, Fate Worse Than Death came about. And then the other singles after that. But um, yeah, you know, because, you know. We're not a band that's really going to be playing out too much. I mean, we would love to play out, but we're not right at this moment in time. We won't be able to play out as much as we would like to. So we need to get the band's name out there. So we decided to start releasing some singles. So, you know, and it's helped because it did get our name out there. And there are people who do know who we are now. You know, not, you know, some people do. 
at least, right? <laughs> some people do, some people will, and more people. Like uh, the indie community right now is on fire. Yeah. Uh, everybody's sharing everybody's stuff, everybody's supporting each other. Uh, yeah. Collaborations that are going to happen are crazy. Um, I'm part of a few of them. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I was very happy when, you know, some people reached out to me. Um, there's that um, there's box and sticks that are always doing a cause for a little boy called Yanis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep, for Yanis. We're going to have a song for him. I think they're planning on doing a whole album uh, and put the proceeds like towards um, trying to find a cure for him. Mm. So it's nice to see the community getting together. And for him, I'm saying for him, but we know how that usually goes. Um, we'll help find a cure for those kids. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of them. There's it's a, it's a rare case, but there's some people that are affected. We're trying to help him and you know other kids like him and their families. Right. Parents also need support. So, how would you guys describe your music? Go ahead, you guys, Alex. Uh, <laughs> how would I describe our music? Uh. I think that it's it's metal and eclectic. So like I feel like metal has become such an umbrella term now. There's so many subgenres of subgenres of subgenres and um I I think that our sound really is just sort of like a little bit of most of them all mushed together. Um all five of us listen to pretty different music. Um, I think each one of us kind of brings some different styles to the table. And um, it's a pretty cool sound. I, I don't know that I can really think of any bands that we exactly sound like. There's like little flavors of certain ones here and there and stuff. But yeah. You're right with the metal commute, like the metal music umbrellas. Like I'm, I'm still learning a bunch of them. Like I'm trying to be like, you know, as like, as as informed as I can. They're like, yeah, new metal, black this and this, and I'm like, why? Why <laughs> complicated? Yeah, I, I miss the days of just rock and metal. That's it. Right? That's all I need. <laughs> if you, if your guitar is distorted, you're metal. I don't care if you're black metal. Uh, you know, thrash metal, whatever. It's metal. I don't. I don't need to hear your all these other subgenres. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it's hard to ask. Well, what genre do you play? Mm, depends that, on the song. Usually, that's you know, it it depends on the song because then you'll release it and they'll put it in different categories. Right. Uh, like my old band was a rock band, but we got put into a punk category at one point, right. and I was like. No, yeah. no, not punk. Like, but okay, you know, yeah. if you and guys say so. Right, and that's what we were like when we started doing our PR and stuff. Like our PR uh, online metal promo. Shout out to him. Uh, you know, wanted to know like what genre we would be in, and and we just kind of just said melodic metal because we do have melodic metal in our in our music, but we're so many different things. There's some thrash there, and there's some hard rock, and there's a little bit of everything in it. So it's really hard to say what we exactly are. And because there's so many genres, I, you just pick one at random, you know. <laughs> yeah, we never want to forsake uh, melody or good, strong song structure just for the sake of being, you know, metal. You know, it's like we, 
you know, we, we, we appreciate good songwriting first. Oh, and speaking of interruptions, my daughter's in the room. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's on this, the tablet? What's, this what's is going Anna. on? <laughs> I, I love it, sweetheart. Okay, go enjoy your Coca Melon games, please. <laughs> uh, there's got to be at least one, one, one per episode, usually <laughs> a monkey, but he's not here today. So we welcome Anna. She's, she's a good kid. She is the tiny co host this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your inspiration, guys? Um, musician band who, like, would you you say would inspire um, your play the way you play your your music right now? Uh, well, my ins- when I first started, it was Def Leppard. Uh, the Hysteria was like the album for me when I was a child, and that's all I would listen to. But then later on, when I got into more heavier stuff around like the early 90s, um, and then I got into Halloween. Once I heard Halloween and they were doing double bass drums and the guitar solos, you know, it was like Iron Maiden on speed, you know, and right then and there, that's all I needed to hear for the rest of my life. (laughs) So Halloween has influenced uh, my, my drumming even the way I hear music and, you know, suggest them what to do in, in certain songs like that. Yeah, actually, in one of the songs, Lou did like a, a lead guitar and Halloween usually emphasizes those leads sometimes. And, and I wanted that to be like brought up a little bit more in that song and, and it's there and it reminds me of like a Halloween type thing. So Halloween's my favorite band, right, Lou? Yes, but this is the first time I'm hearing that you thought a solo of mine sounded like Halloween. So thank you. I'm flattered. Yeah, yeah. You did it. Which song was it? <laughs> um, I think it was Dogs of War, actually. That's impossible. That song doesn't really have a guitar solo. <laughs> no, but there's one. It, it's it's as Alex singing, and you're doing like a... Okay, yeah, all right. That's a harmony. It's the faster oh, pitch. All right, whatever, yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not a guitar <laughs> player. A I don't know. I'm a drummer. What do I know? Nothing. <laughs> it's fast notes. It's a solo. Say thank you. Exactly. It's fast notes. It's a solo. It's all in there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> go ahead, Lou. I was going to let Alice go first. Oh. Uh, for me, it's Dream Theater. Uh, everything Dream Theater. Um, Led Zeppelin is why I got into music, and Dream Theater is why I make the music I make. Um, I just like... I like progressive metal and progressive rock. Um because it incorporates so many different styles. I don't like being glued down to one style, so having a style that's sort of just like a big mishmash of a lot of them works for me. Uh, for me, as I mentioned, um, my my four horsemen of guitar are Tony Iommi, Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, and Richie Blackmore. And as a kid, I, I idolized Steve Clark of Def Leppard just because he looked cool and I thought he wrote their best songs, their best riffs. So, you know, and, and, you know, and people want to say that, you know, Eddie and Randy were flashy, especially Eddie. I personally think like the, the true mark of a guitarist is if they could write, write a song, not a solo, but a song that you can hum or you can, you know, it, it, it captures you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always thought that those, five you know for me they wrote this the the songs that were very formative in my youth so you know i always wanted to be a good songwriter like that um in terms of 
you know, playing my best or, or pushing my limits, um, I had to give credit to, well, as Alex mentioned, Dream Theater. Um, Images and Words is one of my favorite albums ever. And of the new bands, I really have to give uh, Periphery and After the Burial and, and Meshuggah a lot of credit. Just because what those, you know, what those guys do with their guitars is just <laughs> insane. It is. In a good way. <laughs> I haven't heard that name. I haven't heard that name in a long time, Meshuga. Like I haven't. Now you're gonna make me want to go back on YouTube and just start. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> What's the plans for the coming months? Uh, the album will be released on May second. So that's hopefully <laughs> that's that's one plan. Um, and just to keep pushing the band, you know, keep pushing our, our, our singles out there. And uh, I got we're working on another video for another single off the album. And uh, we're still we're working on new music. We actually finished a second album after we finished the first one. So that's already done. And we're working on new music, hopefully, like we mentioned before, putting out singles between albums. So we're kind of working on songs for that and uh, working on a third album. Keeping Alex busy with the vocals and the productions and the. Yeah, yeah we don't want him very, to stop. Very, very busy all the time. Yes. <laughs> well, they keep me busy because they're cracking the whip like, Lou, write something else. I'm like, OK. And, uh, you know, <laughs> get on it. And it's like, Alex, get to work, you know. So. Well, it's, it's it's good. You got to you got to keep going. You guys have a good beat going. You have a good, you know, like um, stay in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's something big coming for the indie community. I don't know. I, I could feel it. A bunch of people are saying it. It's like something's going to blow real big in the indie community. So just keep pushing. I hope so. I, it's, it's you know, I, like you said, I hope it does. And um, because you know, there's so many bands out there, you know, that, that deserve to be heard, you know, and they, they're getting buried by all these other bands that people are kind of tired of hearing, you know, Metallica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice to have a rock ridge festival, but only for indie bands. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Bring maybe three headliners, like for every day, like at least one headliner. But after that, give it to the indie bands. Right. I, I know they will have indie bands because I'm trying to get press passes for the Blue Ridge Festival to talk to the indie bands that will be there. Uh, but I feel like somebody, I don't know, somebody listen to this podcast and take this idea and make it indie festival. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'd rather pay $300 for a four-day four weekend for an indie festival than to give it to, you know, the bands that are already established. The, the, you yeah. know, somebody take my idea. Hear it. <laughs> but it also would be nice, too, if some of these bigger bands took some of the indie bands on tour with them. Like, you know, kind of like back in the old days, you know, a lot of indie bands used to join the bigger bands. But nowadays, it just seems like the bigger bands just want other bands that are already known, you know. So... Well, because yeah, but... they're all kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place because logistics has made it impossible right. for some of the bigger bands to, uh, well, prosper financially. I mean, Wayne and I just saw Ghost when they played Long Island in um, in September. The arena was at 60% capacity. That same week, you had the Scorpions play the same arena three days prior where I think there were less people there for the Scorpions than Ghost. And then the day before the Scorpions was Ramstein at MetLife Stadium. And it was, aside from the fact that it was raining and thunderstorming that day, the stadium was, you know, it was, it was at capacity, but you could see that there were empty sections. 
mm-hmm. around there. So, you know, uh, it just it has to make sense for certain bigger bands to go out to even justify them having, you know, newer bands out with them. So, you know, I get it, but, you know, we don't really concern ourselves with that. We're more focused on what we're doing. It's mm. what you got to do. If you focus on other people, you guys ain't going anywhere. You guys yeah. keep focusing on you. And eventually, like you guys said, when you're ready for shows, you're ready for shows. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of locations, venues around you guys that would love to have you play with them. Uh, and then you get to see like the, the, the bands band together. On June 3rd, I'm going to see Dying Oath with a bunch of other bands. And the beautiful mm. thing about that is that it's $15 a ticket. I was just going to mention the price of tickets for big bands nowadays. It's like <laughs> insane. $15, five bands. I'm trying to get yeah. tickets yeah. to go see Lainey Wilson for my fiance, and it will not cost me under $300, and that's nosebleed. I was looking at floor Sick. seats, and it was like $1,200 for two tickets. Like a lot. I don't really Girl. like country music that much, so I'm not going to be paying right. much. Guess we're not going. <laughs> I told her, like, maybe nosebleed, but still then we'll pay, like... Oh, well, Netflix and chill, honey. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me see if I can see somebody that maybe recorded it and we can watch it on YouTube, you know? like. Yeah. Disney Plus and Let Me Thrust. What? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll buy myself an acoustic guitar, sit in the corner, and ask Lou and Alex to help me out, and I'll learn the songs, and I'll sing them for her. There you go. We saved $300. I don't sound country, but I'll try. (laughs) How do you guys balance music, kids, podcasts? Because, yes, the boys have a podcast also. Um, How do you balance all of that? That's right. Yes, we do have podcasts. I have Rats Out Review podcast, and Lou has Music is Life podcast. Um, I don't, I don't, I try to make it as easy as possible. I do my podcast on Wednesday nights and that's pretty much it. Uh, music, I get home, uh, fairly early. Nobody's uh, from my job. So I get to have a pretty much a whole afternoon to myself to work on music. So I kind of have it easy. (laughs) Um, I work remotely. So, um, when I do have some free time, I'll think up ideas. Uh, when it comes to, I guess you could say work-life balance. Um, if it felt like a chore, I wouldn't do it. So, you know, I get enjoyment out of it. So it doesn't feel like I'm putting effort into making time for everything. You know, like I'll, most days I'll message Alex in the middle of the day. And I'm like, you ever think yada, yada, yada. And like, we'll just have like a whole conversation about it. And, you know, um, it's, it's still fun for me. Uh, I don't have a work life uh, music balance. <laughs> um, <laughs> music I sacrifice, life. <laughs> well, I sacrifice sleep and oh, time really? with friends and family to do music. Yeah. Um, that's the answer. Um, every waking moment is uh, music or, or work. That's how it works. <laughs> like Lou said, though, as long as it doesn't feel like, especially music, if music starts feeling like, like it's a job, it's not fun anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. Music yeah. has to be fun. I, I made the joke to the guys before. I said, as long as I don't have to play Mustang Sally anymore for the rest of my life, because uh, I was in a cover band for like three years and 
That's all people wanted to hear. And, you know, we were getting paid for it. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm making money, but I'm freaking miserable because I'm not doing what I want. So this is what I want to do. It's like Groundhog Day for you every time you go do a show with Mustang <laughs> Sally. <laughs> That's a good way to describe the uh, soccer moms that would uh, show up at the shows. Groundhogs, but I digress. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How about we leave, the, we leave them play uh, go, go, go soccer moms and we're going to take a break and listen to In the Red. Let's go. 
we're back with the guys from Severed Angel. I have Wayne, Lou, and Alex here. Uh, we Bonjour. Just- <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> we just listened to In the Red. Um, what's the song about? With- wow, that was another good song. Who are these songs from? I don't I know. I got to check these guys out. This band called Severed Angel. Oh, all right. oh I heard them. They suck. What? <laughs> <laughs> they should go follow them on social medias and stuff and make sure you add their songs to the playlist. I'm sure they'd love that. Yes, we, we would. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We're on every streaming platform, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, whatever. Right? Just things out there I don't even know. But uh, how did that song in the red start? I don't even remember. Um, The riff, really. Um, We had just finished Dogs of War Um. And in the red was actually the second song that we ever wrote together as a as a collective. Um, the fact that the guys are willing to record Dogs of War in its original tuning, which is C sharp standard, which is two and a half, which which is about uh, one and a half steps down from your standard tuning, and hearing how well Alex sang in that, it kind of made me figure, all right, well I'll stay within the realm of C sharp and B. And the next thing I know, I just felt compelled to write a song in drop B. And again, it was a situation where the the riff kind of just started writing itself. And Alex was actually the first person that I sent it to. And I said, uh, I think we could do something with this. And, you know, he put it together and, you know, everyone started adding their parts. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, we need lyrics. And Mark, once again was the one who contributed lyrics about a uh, toxic relationship uh, from his past. It was a poem that he wrote while he was in the moment. And somehow it made its way into a song in 2022. And, you know, it just worked. I mean, who can't relate to being in a toxic relationship? I'm in one right now with Wayne being on Rats uh, Review as his co-host. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. You're fired. Uh, and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's absolutely something relatable and something that needs to be talked about. Um, we've been hearing a lot of hard-hitting songs in the last weeks with the podcast. We had Mental Health Week also. Mm. So we had a lot of songs on there that were hitting pretty hard. Um, you know, we talked about everything from depression, anxiety, to um, human trafficking. To get you know, those wow. very, very heavy. And then yeah. we had... Um, Last week, uh, a song about um, violence at home um, from your partner. So, you know, like, I think it's important to talk about all of that. And it's important to put into music because sometimes we can't find words to talk. Mm. But music can talk for us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I think real life situations, too, also make uh, for a good song as well. A lot of inspiration, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it sucks to talk about them and stuff, but they just, you know, they, because a lot of people relate to them. So it's, it's, you know, they make a good song. I always say if you can at least help one person with your music, if you can help that one kid, that one adult, like, especially the kids. Yeah. Being a kid back when I was a kid, like I'm 41 right now, was easy. Like, yeah, yeah. we're, you know, anxious and life sucked and <laughs> we were kids, you know. Yeah. But you look at these kids today, and I'm like, they're so courageous. They're so bullying doesn't even end for them. It just keeps going. 
from bullying stopped at school. Then I went home and I was safe. Mm-hmm. I was lucky I was safe at home. Right. My kid right now gets bullied and then I'll come home and get bullied on her phone. Jeez. That's insane. Damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't, they, they can't catch a break. Mm. So, well, not to put us over, but that's where the album I think is really important for, um, I, I know for me, and I can speak for the rest of us, um, the, the three topics of self-empowerment, self-awareness, and um, self-reliance were very big throughout the creation of, of this record, especially with the lyrics. I mean, the, you know, a couple of people have heard it and they're like, wow, we haven't heard anything this honest. Well, it's because we lived it, you know? And if people could hear it, and if, if it brightens their day up, that's great. And, you know, you're right. If one person hears it and that's what they get out of it, then we did our job. First and foremost, we did it for ourselves. Yeah. But if other people like it, then, hey, that's that that's a battle won right there. You know, um, I would just tell your kid, hey. Just tell them to keep walking, middle fingers raised up, and keep living their life. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's Cause what it, I... Because at the end of the day, those bullies ain't going to pay the, your bills. They are not going to put food on your table. They're just going to be the little bug that you're trying to swap, swap away. So and screw I want, them. They'll walk away. They won't be around anymore. They won't mm. map. So don't, exactly. let, don't let them get to you. You know, I told her, I said, raise your finger up. Flip Raise them. both of them up. That's even better. Flip them. And if your principal <laughs> calls us, I'll high five you when I come pick you up. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Perfect. Don't. You're, and don't. No. Be strong. You're We're a good strong. mom. Thank you. We're raising little soldiers, little warriors in here. Excellent. <laughs> don't have a choice anymore, right? No. no. Mm. That's so scary. Think, like, we Lou both have children. So it's. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I saw Lou's little, you know. Uh, those little one. Mine are, like I said, my girls are nine and ten. Uh, and my no, ten and thirteen. The kid is two. The baby, mm. the baby boy. So yeah. baby boy is still happy-go-lucky and loving life. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, the thirteen-year-old is going through her teenager phase. It's scary. <laughs> Very scary. Yeah. Oddly enough, <laughs> the the whole concept of you know online bullying and you know, people using online as like an escape or this false sense of reality. That's actually a great gateway into Attachment Unavailable, which is our next single. Mm. <laughs> Not that we have to get into the song now, but I'm saying like, well, you know. Well, we'll get to it at the end. We're going to keep people all the way to the end. But see, now we're just plugging it and we're just poking you guys. You got to stay See what we did there? <laughs> you got to hear it. <laughs> what, what brought you guys together? I know you guys have been friends for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, what brought all the other guys? Uh, actually, the Rat Sound Review podcast brought us together because uh, I had Lou join onto the show because I was looking for another co-host. And um, so he joined and then uh, Eddie Van Halen died and we Lou suggested maybe we should do like a tribute song to Van Halen and so we did our first cover song of uh, Atomic Punk. So after we did that, we did a couple more covers. And actually, there's a Rat Sound Review and Friends uh, covers uh, 
EP or whatever. It's on Spotify and uh, Amazon and everything. So you can hear all this stuff that we've done. So meanwhile, we were doing that. I said, let's start a band. Uh, and, you know, then we did the uh, Dogs of War song. But I, I, Mark has been on my podcast, our keyboard player, with from his band, um, The Nightmare Stage. Uh, our bassist, George, he was in a band called Timeless Haunt. And he came on my podcast. We talked about his band. And Alex, he I found out through him from a mutual friend of ours. Um, I have another band called Project Resurrect. And we were finished with the album. And uh, we needed somebody to mix it, make it sound better than what we were having it sound like. And my friend... Uh, said Alex should you know take a look at it and, and see what he can do so that's how I got to meet Alex and um, I got to know his other bands too so and then like Alex was saying he did the solo song and uh, when I heard him singing I thought pretty much thought of him immediately when we were looking for a singer and ended up really working out so thanks to Rat Salad Review and me wanting to do a podcast that's how it started <laughs> see it starts from anywhere that's what I keep telling people you never know your idea is not stupid. What you thought is not stupid. Just do it. You that's that's the thing. I think when people start thinking of doing something and then they kind of like, all right, I want to plan this out, plan it out. No, don't plan anything. Just do it. Because once you start planning and then those plans start to fail or like one day you are like, uh, get sidetracked by something else, then you just forget about it altogether. And, you know, it never happens. That's how this podcast started. We started talking about it in December. We're saying, oh, let's set up something. We're a bunch of girls together. We're all going to do a podcast and help each other out. So I said, okay, I'll do the Nixus podcast. I'll do music. Um, my friend Danny was like, okay, I'll do a writing podcast. And she's an author. So how to break a, a writer's block, how to, you know, a whole bunch of stuff like that and interview other writers. And we started January. I had one interview. February, I had one interview. Then March came in and I started, I kind of entered that indie community that's going on and it just blew up. Now we're booked till September. I still have interviews coming in and I'm like, I don't know where to put you guys anymore. I got to wait and see and, you know, um, that's a good problem to have. Then the magazine came. So I'm like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like you said, you don't overthink it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. What's the worst that can happen. Right. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't work, then you just, you know, try something different. That's like when I started the podcast, I had two other co-hosts with me and they were wanting to do something different. I'm like, no, we're, we're doing this. You know, I'm not going to, if I have to plan things, I'm not going to want to do it. I'm not not like that. Even like when I interview, when we do our interviews, I don't write any questions. It just off the top of my head. I like to have a guideline and it helps my ADHD brain, my, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Lou will admit that, too. I, I'll have a question, then all of a sudden my mind just drifts off. <laughs> <laughs> and in two years, I haven't had to wake you up out of a stupor, so I think you're all right. Uh, I think I'm all right. But uh, <laughs> my motto is just throw shit at the wall and see what happens. I mean, why not? <laughs> not? I'm sure I'll get there one day. I, I did a few interviews without having the pre-questions um, but I like to have them just to fall back on. Sometimes we use them. Sometimes we don't like you right. guys are a good bunch of people. We we're not even going to go through all of them because we're having good conversation. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little more cookie cutter, like yes or no answers almost that I'm getting. And I'm like, okay, so we're going <laughs> to try to get more, you know? <laughs> yes. I've had those interviews too. 
<laughs> and I have people that talk a lot. And uh, I think like one of the most memorable interviews with a bunch of kids, um, they're called Beheading of the Queen. They're 15, 16, 17, and 20. Oh, wow. Um, so the generation, the next generation is there. They are starting to do some pretty awesome music. Uh, they were good kids to interview too. It was their first interview, so they're looking for more. You know, they're just uh, had to clear the interview with their dad first. (laughs) 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 It was pretty cool. It was yeah, it was cool. What's your favorite time of the day to create music, guys? You seem like you said afternoon is when you got some 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 time. Uh, Lou's got a kid, so probably night. Once the kid's in bed. For me, yeah, at night, and thankfully, um, this room is soundproofed, so, oh. you know, uh, but when I plug into the interface, no one can hear anyone, any, uh, no one can hear anything anyway, but at the same token, um, I do uh, have a tendency of, you know, playing hard or playing fast, but when I'm recording, it's a different story. I, can, I don't have to put as much uh, effort towards my performance in terms of, you know, like you would on stage where it's like, you know, you got to make angry face and, you know, <laughs> you have to do that. but uh, it's it's uh, it's worked so far, you know, recording at night and just uh, getting it all out of your system. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be up all night wondering, should I, shouldn't I? You know, it's just it's just the best time to do it for me. And since I play drums, I have no choice but to do the afternoons. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to hear me banging my drums at like nine o'clock at night. <laughs> Unless you have some proof room. No, I don't. Nope, I'm in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> I gave away the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alex? Oh, uh, well, now that I'm doing singing, it's different. Uh, before, it was always night because I could just plug in and you know work on headphones, and the volume is non-existent uh now as a singer um most of the work is like afternoon to early evening to respect the neighbors yeah yeah i i used to try to do that when i recorded back in montreal because you know montreal everybody's on top of each other where i live like back in the city um but it didn't work so i warned my neighbors that um i took the liberty anyways they were having parties most of the time so I took the liberty of recording till three o'clock in the morning, 11 p.m. to three o'clock in the morning was my time uh, because that's where oh. my voice is the most awake. If I try to sing during the day, it's like and then if I sing after like 11 p.m., it's completely warmed up and it's like completely different. So, like I said, I'll always have to try to book shows like very late. Um, but that's my little window where I like now I can't anymore. The kids. Yeah. <laughs> my studio is my bedroom. Yeah. The bed is right there. So I don't think fiance and the baby would appreciate me being here at three o'clock in the morning screaming my brain out. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say um, music is important to society? Lou, go ahead, take that one. For me, music has been um like a song will definitely affect you. You know, it would either cheer you up, it could bring you down. But I know for me, 
when it comes to writing music, all I want to do is just find my own way through my voice, through the guitar, to bring myself up. If it brings other people up, that's great. So I think music is the great equalizer in making a shitty day a better day. No, it depends on what song you listen to. Which is why I can't listen to boy <laughs> bands, because that kind of music depresses me. You just well, said Maroon 5 is your favorite band, though. That is a freaking lie, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You just sit there and you turn some Severed Angel on, and then you feel better. No, I mean, it, it's weird. Like, I, I find... Like, I like good pop music, you know? Like, I grew up loving Genesis. I grew up loving Phil Collins, you know? I mean, I'm an 80s kid, so, you know, that was a great era for great pop music. But, you know, my problem with a lot of pop music today, and it's not a knock on the talents behind it, you know I mean? But my problem with it, I just find, like, I can't tell the difference between who's who. Mm. And, you know, we go through efforts where it's like, you know, we try to bring like a danger element to our music, you know, where it's like, you know, oh, wow, this is where they're going with this. Oh, where are they going to go next with this? Uh, oh, I didn't expect that. You know, like we, we try to make it like an adventure for whoever is listening to it, because that's what we want to get out of our music. You know, I'm not saying pop music is bad. I'm just saying. No, a lot of it, the music it, is cutter, though. It's, you can take the lyrics of one song. I mean, uh, mashups didn't exist before. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go on YouTube and everybody's mashing up everybody's songs because everything sounds the same. Everything's on the same beat. Yeah. Everything's on the same cadence. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, Dua Lipa, I think there's like five of her songs that you can take one beat and just sing everything to that beat. Uh, so, I mean, it, the way I look at it, there's room for, yeah, there's room for vanilla and chocolate ice cream. We want to be the pistachio. There we go. Yeah, it could be pistachio. <laughs> I'm going to pick the better flavor. Pistachio is my favorite flavor. Oh, God. What do you like? Butter pecan? No. Ugh, I like chocolate chip. <laughs> Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Yeah. <laughs> That's vanilla. Anyway. <laughs> what about the best of both worlds? What kind of what kind of ice cream? Pistachio. <laughs> Let's see what he says. Alex. Oh you me? Like yeah. You, yeah. You like ice cream? Oh, uh, I do like <laughs> ice cream. Uh, you know, that's, I never really thought about this, but I like my ice cream like music. <laughs> really complicated with lots of stuff in it. So like Rocky Road? Rocky Road, yeah. Yeah, or like going to Cold Stone and throwing everything in or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like the gummy worms and the, the gummy bears? Not the, not the gummies, no. Not the gummies. Then the gummies get kind of art. I know, it's disgusting, yeah. but my son, every time we go get ice cream, he wants gummy bears, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> no, kids, kids, kids have weird tastes. I mean, that that I always tell my kids, like, what are you doing mixing all these things together? It's good. You want some? Nope. I'm passing. Although, <laughs> although at work the other day, somebody was saying one of their friends likes, I think it's peanut butter and mayonnaise on a sandwich. Mm. No. Uh, nope. I don't know how that even works. That's disgusting. Mm. That sounds like a pregnant woman craving or something. Yeah. Nah, mm. I don't nope. get it. <laughs> Lou's trying to hold back from throwing up. 
<laughs> oh, I'm a whole texture person, so I'm me thinking of the nope, yeah. nope. Chunky peanut butter and smooth mayonnaise. What? <laughs> I hate ahead. mayo. Oh, I don't, <laughs> Even more of a reason to, for him to want to grow up right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you Greeks and, and may- mayonnaise? My other friend uh, doesn't like mayonnaise either. Is it a Greek thing? No, it's not a Greek thing. It's not an, <laughs> a cultural identity thing. It's just <laughs> I don't like mayonnaise. Neither do I. Really? <laughs> I, I, I'll put hot Can't sauce on my tuna fish. Oh. oh. See, I like hot sauce. He don't. I do too. I but I don't like it on my. I can't handle anything spicy. I really? Can't. Oh no, no. I'm glad Alex is on board with me about being anti mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't mind. It. I don't mind spicy stuff. But today I got chipotle, and they gave me like some spicy chicken or something. It was terrible. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's your fault. You went to chipotle. Spiciest is okay, but then there's the too spicy. Like, yeah. I'll go to Popeye's and have that spicy chicken. All right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is like my my level of spicy. I can't handle like any more than that. I'm drooling and trying to drink everything <laughs> I can drink. <laughs> can't handle it. Nope. How would you guys define success as, as an artist? It's individual. So take your time and please answer individually. Like, what do you define as success? Uh, actually, uh, uh, go ahead, Alex. Let Alex go first. You always take the answers. I'm sorry. I'm on. I'm off mute. So <laughs> I just figured Alex got to take some time. Put it on. <laughs> Hate you. <laughs> I, I, you know, one of the funnest parts of being in this band is the banter between these two guys. I just have to put that out there. <laughs> what you see on the podcast is only a small taste. Yeah, it gets pretty rough in the chat. <laughs> Tomorrow when I go listen to their podcast. <laughs> well, we behave Success. when we have guests on. <laughs> sort Success of. as an artist. That's a good one. Uh, well, for me, it's just a matter of having fun. Um, and like being true to yourself or not being fake. Um, so... Yeah, as long as I enjoy what I'm creating, like the cro- the process of creating it, or at least the final product, hopefully both, uh, I'm pretty good. Everything after that is just like extra. You know, if people like it, that's great, but it doesn't define how I feel about the success of it or not. You actually stole my answer. Uh-oh. It's yeah, pretty similar to what I had in my mind. Cause, uh, I'm answer first. I wait. Now you have to try to find something else. You stole my answer. Uh, <laughs> Alex. Uh, Damn it. Yeah, no, really, that's that's I was going to pretty much say the same thing because, uh, you know, once you don't know, uh, like how the song, like, like I've said, I said on a couple of podcasts, like when we start our music, sometimes the songs come out like, I don't know where the song's going to go. And I, I don't like it right away. And then once once Alex throws his vocals on there or George puts his bass or the or Mark does his keyboards the song becomes the actual song and just hearing the songs get done and completed and hearing what they become from the beginning, early stages, that's, that's what means the most to me, you know, and seeing we can actually put like this album, like I was just stunned the way this album came together and, and, and what we accomplished with it. 
it's just awesome. And that that's what's the most important to me. And like Alex said, anything after that is it's icing on the cake, you know, and especially if other people like it, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I I will agree with Alex. Um, success means are you having fun with what you're doing? And I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, all of us combined have almost 30 years of music experience, whether it's performing or writing. Um, we don't have outside writers. We don't have a producer telling us, no, don't do that. We don't have people in suits saying, why don't you write with this person? You know, it's, it's us. From start to finish, it's us. And no one can take away anything that we've done from us. And I'm proud to say that, you know, when I lay my head down at night and I think about Severed Angel, it's like, it's a freaking band. It's it's the five of us or nothing. And no one can take that away from us. That is success. Absolutely. There's no, like I said, there's never a bad answer to that question. And the Nixus question that I'm going to ask you guys next, um, because it's individual. It, it's very personal. It's uh, and success has been everything on this podcast from staying true to yourself to uh, touring and playing with the big names. You know, that's that's my my 15 year old drummer. That success for him was to go on tour with the big names, you know, <laughs> So we wish him, we wish him all the best. Like one day, yeah. I told him you're 15. Yeah. So I mean, your dream yep. can become reality. Keep pushing, kid. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the end of the interview. Um, when we go, we're going to be listening to your new single um, off the album, right? Yep. Because the album will be out. Attachment unavailable. You guys want to talk about it a little bit uh, before I ask you the question and then listen to the song. Yeah, sure. Alex actually wrote the lyrics for that, so he can talk about that one. Sure. Uh, me and Mark co-wrote the lyrics on that one. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to not give him credit. but um, No, he's not here. Don't give him any credit. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Mark who? <laughs> it's kind of a cool story how the song, not the music, but the topic came to be. Um, we have like band uh, like text chats. That's how we usually communicate. And um, Wayne sent some random link from Facebook, and I think it was set to private. So it came up as attachment unavailable. (laughs) And uh, Mark saw that and said, oh, that's a cool song name. And uh, we were like, yeah. And then we kind of expanded on the idea. It's, It's sort of like a play on words a little bit. You know, like attachment unavailable is like just a file that isn't there or whatever. But maybe it can also be about uh, relationships and uh, like living in the modern disconnected world uh, where you're not really available for attachment. And uh, we kind of just expanded on that. And uh, I mean, that's that's how the song came to be. I just want to put over Alex wrote all the music for uh this song he wrote the guitar riff and he's you know what when it, it was my first um glimpse of what he could do as a guitar player within the realm of Severed angel because up until then 
it was just like, all right, Lou, what riff you got? What riff you got? Then all of a sudden Alex threw this riff up and I'm like, damn, this kid's really good. And, you know, uh, to be able to play a, a solo like the one that I cut for this song over something he wrote, um, I've never had that kind of simpatico with anyone musically. So, you know, that that's when I realized, you know, how special he was and how special this band is. Because it's it's very organic. And when I heard Alex do the song, it, it was driving me nuts. Because <laughs> it was actually the, the most progressive song, I think, at that point, right? At that, that, that point. Yeah. And uh, I'm not used to playing like progressive music on drums. I'm more of like a hard rock type thing, but uh, you know, power metal, double bass, and all that stuff. And and he throws some progressive stuff, and I'm like, how am I gonna play this? What am I gonna do in these parts? And I eventually, I figured it out. But but it, it was cool, you know, because it's something new for me to learn how to, to play. Because you know, if I want this band to continue, then I, I really have to up my game and and learn how to do those things. And that's the first time I really kind of did something that progressive. So. I, it's one of my favorite tracks on the album, actually. It's good to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's yeah. good to learn something new. It's good to, you know, um, like for me as a singer, I try to sing every genre that I can. Uh, blues is something that I don't sing a lot of, but I love singing blues. Mm. I just... It's fun. Yes. It's, it's, it's a lot of different, you know, rock's fun. Rock's very, you know... Then you get the pop, and it's very a certain other way. Then you get the blues and jazz, and jazz as a singer is so soulful. It's so it, it, you connect differently to the music. So it's nice to um, expand and to try out and get out of your comfort zone for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that's what we do, you know, because we like we mentioned earlier on, we all listen to different styles of music, you know, between punk and hard rock and and pop and even like yeah. um, some some. Synth, uh, what do you call it? synth band? Whatever you call that, synth rock, synth wave, synth pop, synth yeah, wave. Like. Uh, uh, so, another one of my favorite bands is uh, Canada's the the Birthday Massacre. So uh, you know, I'm really into that stuff. Actually, um, when when we wrote the single Run and Hide, when I heard it, I'm like, oh, when did Alex listen to the Birthday Massacre? And he said, who? So I was like, you know, uh, not not everyone knew who they were. But then I just said, no, guys, this is like catchy, like a birthday massacre song. So, you know, it was it was pretty cool how that ended up working that way. Yeah, yeah it's it's been fun. We throw everything that we listen to into our songs and it, it comes out fairly well, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's nice to have all the different uh, influences. Yeah, that, that's what happened with my old band, too. Uh, my lead guitar producer was in the Dream Theater. That was his sticks, the old rock. Mm. I'm more Evanescence in this moment, pretty reckless. And the other guitar player was more Three Days Grace. So when you put all of that together, it kind of made a weird little sound, but it was us, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. We were, so that's you guys' the sound. And that's why you guys don't sound like anybody else, and that's why nobody else sounds like you. Right. Because you're all bringing something individually to the table that meshes very well together. Yeah. Yeah. Before I let you guys go, the Nixus question. What would you tell yourself as a younger kid if you have a chance to sit with little Wayne, little Alex, little Lou? Go practice drums. Go take <laughs> lessons. And stick to that guitar lesson, you <laughs> idiot. You should have stayed with your guitar lesson so you knew how to learn how to play guitar and then come up better songs. <laughs> 
But oh yeah, I, I take <laughs> right lessons. away, sir. <laughs> I wish I would have took lessons. Don't hook up with Wayne. If you ever meet a guy named Wayne, don't be friends with him. The other yeah, it just so happened the first time I saw you guys play with Phoenix Rain, it was uh, right after a live on stage sex show. That was so crazy. The hell was that? That was at Castle Heights on Northern <laughs> oh, Boulevard. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I heard a power metal, but I never expected this. Anyway. <laughs> going next weekend, Lou? <laughs> Where's that place? <laughs> oh, it's long gone. That's it's a gone. Mexican restaurant That's now. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the fish tacos, everybody. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> what would I tell myself? Um, I would probably say, don't think you know everything. Never stop learning. And always listen. Always listen. And if you think you're good, you're not. Keep going. But just remember, there's always someone better than you. And that's okay. Just be the best you. Stay humble. Uh, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, like I said, there's no bad answers. I got one of my bands told me I would tell my younger self not to drink too much. Hmm. So, you know, like, don't, don't, don't overthink it. Just. You get a chance to sit with your younger self. Yeah, I, I think it would be something along the lines of don't let other people gatekeep your creativity. Um, like, trust your instinct and go with it. And if people are roadblocks, then just ignore them and do it yourself. Amen. Yep, very good advice. A lot of people like to gatekeep and like to tell you that you can't do this and you can't do that. Like Alex is saying, don't listen too much. <laughs> be, be mindful of what you're listening to. Uh, be mindful of the people that you surround yourself with. I think that's what I would tell myself. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. That's definitely, you know, this band will do anything. You know, we're, we're not uh, restricted to one thing. Uh, I mean, later on, you'll hear a song that maybe is a little different from all other stuff. And it, we're, we're not going to be stuck in one thing, you know. Good. Good, yeah, we, might, we, might, we might do a country song at one point. I don't know. It'll never happen. But you, you never know. Lou, Lou wants to do a band boys. Remember boy bands? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Boy bands. Wait, we'll, we'll do a cover of NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye. Yeah, that's coming oh, up next. God. I would love that. I would um, love I'll do it. I heard it here. It's already ready. <laughs> right, to be I'll quiet, sing I'll, that. Sorry, Alex, what? I'll sing that. <laughs> um. I dare you guys. There we go. I dare you guys to come up with Bye 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 single. But well, your actually, version. Your right version. now I'm tempted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually I, did sing a, I Want It That Way at one point, right? That was a gag to promote. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I did do that. <laughs> uh, to, to be quite honest, if we – because I, mean, I love the genre of metal, and you know, it's it's my favorite genre to listen to. But let's just face it, there are a lot of gatekeepers out there. And if we listen to what the gatekeepers say, I'd find this band so freaking boring. And we are anything but boring. Listen to the album for yourselves, people. I promise you'll enjoy it. Which comes out May 2nd through Slip Trick Records. You guys already have one <laughs> album out, though, right? This is your no, second. this is the first album. First album out? Yep. Yeah, we have five singles, and this is the first album. Yep, self-titled. Self-titled album. Awesome. Yeah. It's going to come out on all streaming platforms. Yes. Yeah. So and hopefully, hopefully CD. <laughs> Those are all. Always- we're not holding our breath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, though? You know what I mean? What's that? 
those are always fun to do. Have a few CDs made and, you know, even if it's just for yourself. I mean, I made myself some singles of my CDs of my songs that I did with my old band. It's like, I love having the copies here, you know? Yeah. That's actually funny because uh, my other band, uh, I, we got CDs made. And uh, since records are big, I was like, I want a record. You know, how much can a, how can how much could a record possibly cost to get made? And, and it's like a ridiculous amount of money, but uh, especially just one record for yourself. So I, I found this website. Um, I don't even remember the name of it, but they made a record. It sounds like total crap, but it looks cool. You know, it's just cool to have the record and, you know, the, the jacket and everything. So at least I have that. Have merch out? Uh, yes, we do. What is the uh, links, Lou? Well, <clears throat> I'm happy to say we have a link tree. Uh, it's linktr.ee forward slash severed angel. From there, you can access all of our social media. You can access all of our merch. Uh, SeveredAngel.com will soon be available. By and this time, this web, this episode is out. It'll be available. Yes, just a couple minor tweaks, which is why it's, know, it'll be com- done. By the time this is out, forget about those tweaks. Those tweaks are done. I know they're done. That's why my computer was no. Slow I mean, and by the time this episode is out, <laughs> that's why it's not. <laughs> Cooperating. Are you still alive by the time this episode's out, Wayne? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> SeveredAngel.com. This is what we do. This isn't a Don Doc and George Lynch situation. We're actually good friends. I'm telling you guys, I'm going to be there tomorrow for your podcast because now I want to see you guys going at it on your show. Wayne <laughs> says that you behave when you have a guest, but for some reason I don't believe it. <laughs> well, we have crap from Forbidden, so we have to behave ourselves. Yeah, oh. No, we don't. <laughs> I'll see it when I believe it. What do you think? Right. Should I believe that they're not gonna that they're gonna behave themselves? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being on the show. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you guys. Um, great people, great personalities, um, very approachable. So. Thank you very much for having us on, and I hope you feel a lot better. And uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. I mean, the medicine kicked in. I'm just a little drowsy, but I'm feeling a lot better. I'm a little less nasally, yeah. but still up there. We um, woke you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make sure to try to catch the podcast tomorrow, and I'll be in touch with you, Wayne, to set up everything like we've talked about. Um, I have plenty of space on the radio station to put you guys on rotation every week. And uh, hopefully I'll get you a few more listeners there. Very and cool. I'll make sure to add some of your music to the rotation and to the playlists. Awesome. I really appreciate it. And thank you very much for having us on. I had a lot of fun. It was a Merci beaucoup, Melanie. <laughs> Ça me fait plaisir. <laughs> so as we're going out, guys, we're going to listen to their song, Attachment Unavailable, which is on their first album that is available right now on all streams. No, Mace. Oh, that's right. Yeah, never mind. Sorry. By the time this album's released. By the time this is out. Yes. May second. <laughs> once we're releasing this, it'll be out. That's I mean, right. Unless they have hiccups. But if that happens, then Wayne told me it would release May second. All right. So. <laughs> and a big quick shout out to my favorite guitarist ever out of Montreal, Frank Marino. Cheers, sir. And actually, we don't mention these two people enough because uh, there are they are part of the album. Gail. I can't pronounce her last name. What is it? Alex. Gail Bork. Gail Bork. Uh, she actually sings on the song Severed Angel and A New Beginning. And our other friend, Ralph Vieira, he does the uh, intro 
there's like a little spoken word thing on the album so he does that too so those two people they really helped us out a lot on this album gail's uh, vocals on uh, those two songs amazing so yeah. anybody else you want to give a shout out to anything else you want to say to anybody that would be listening all the way through here which they want to hear that last song um anything you want to say Yes, go to ratsoutreview.com. Go to Music is Life podcast. Uh, hit subscribe to all of our stuff. Find us on Spotify. Find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twick, TikTok. If anybody's got TikTok, please add us on TikTok. Uh, all the links are in our link tree. All the links are in our link tree. I'll make sure to post the link tree in the um, uh, announcement when I post the podcast. That way everybody can just click on there and go to all of your links. Make sure you buy some merch, guys. Yes, please buy some merch. We have new T-shirts uh, of the the album, uh, really cool shirts of the of the older some singles that we have too. So a lot of stuff people can buy. Merch we got kids to feed people. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need any mixing for your music, contact oh, yeah. me, alexrapetti.com. There You're we the go. Man. There we go. Uh, Alex, uh, make sure you send me that email, um, and I'll make a post for you. Uh, Thank you. On Facebook with all these artists, a lot of them are self. Uh, doing self-production and some of them are not very uh, you know they do it because they don't want to you know uh, but a lot of people are looking for people to help them I love working with indie artists there you go I'm all about indie artists too so send me that link and send me that email and I'll make sure to plug you in thank you thank you so much for being here guys I'm gonna take the link also for your shows uh, so I can Post you up with his link at the same time. That way we have a big promotion going on for all of you guys. Thank you, Melanie. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Wayne, Lou, Alex for being here. Um, thank you to the two guys that are not here, but they are making amazing music with you guys. Um, yep. I'm Melanie Nix, and we're signing out, and we're listening to Attachment Unavailable. We're out of here. Bye. Bye.